0: The M-Store where they're all Grizz all the time.
2: Change is constant, and nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds. A scalable network to quickly connect remote offices and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000 blackfoot connect to more
1: it's four o'clock welcome to tutela to nuanes montana's only statewide sports talk show broadcast on 102.9 espn radio for western montana and across the state on swx television i like football no sports talk from montana for montana Live from the Kurtz Polaris studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanez. Hello, Montana. The Houston Astros have finished off the Minnesota Twins 4-1 in the bottom of the ninth. The game has come to a close. It is telling New Orleans, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Hi, how are you? Great to be with you. Happy to be here with you. Now, listen, it is chaos all over the place right now with the Major League Baseball postseason uh, coming. We are trying to bring as much to you as we can on ESPN Radio. It's a little bit of an interesting interface with us on the TV side of this as well. So if you're with us on the TV side, we're a little late. We apologize. If you're with us on ESPN Radio, you're screaming at your radios as we interrupt a game in the bottom of the ninth inning, but in the break, the game did conclude a double play. The Houston Astros, I believe this is right, the only team in the Major League postseason with a losing record because they managed to take second in the AL West, gets three unearned runs in the Top of the ninth inning against the Twins in a 1-1 baseball game. They win it 4-1 in are up obviously one game to none in a best of three situation. An unbelievable turn of events. The Minnesota Twins, who have not won a postseason baseball game since 2004. They've been in the postseason several times. They keep getting swept out of there, losing wild cards, losing series, getting swept all over the place. They just have this postseason curse and you just saw it rear its head again. So if uh, you were listening to that game we interrupted the very tail end of it we apologize but again it did end up four to one in favor of the houston astros who take a one game to none lead over the minnesota twins unbelievable a lot of twins fans baseball for baseball folks a lot of twins fans across the state of montana in general uh you know twins and mariners i suppose maybe some rockies fans but i see a lot of twins hats running around and uh it, it's tough the twins are a great team really good team and until they figure it out and break through in the postseason, it ain't happening. So, anyway, we will continue to track that series. we also going to bring another baseball game on ESPN Radio after the show. Going to send you uh, out to New York, the Big Apple, for the Yankees. Indians, your Cleveland Indians playing here on ESPN Radio tonight, Colter. So we'll get into all that on the show today. Though, what do we got? Let's jump into it. First of all, we got several things to uh, get to. North Dakota State they are playing their one and only game of the fall. It is this Saturday. It is against uh, Central Arkansas, and it just sort of brings back again this idea of well, what should Montana Montana State be trying to do to keep pace to maintain, uh, you know, that that the, the improvement that is able to be made in Fargo and elsewhere for teams that are actually playing and also will this be Trey Lance's last game as a bison we'll talk about that a little bit the Grizzlies get a new commit from Butte America Butte High School tight end Jake Olson giant kid 6'7 235 uh, got four touchdowns last year kind of touchdown so far through three games this season but he commits to the University of Montana we'll get into that we're going to get into some NFL stuff how about Brett Rippon, right out of Boise State, possibly starting Thursday night football for the Broncos. <laughs> that is a juicy little morsel right there.
0: Missoula ties for Brett Rippon, too.
1: We'll get into That's that. That's right. Uh, and we will uh, also just maybe briefly touch on the Monday night football game, because that was a much-anticipated game, and the Chiefs, my goodness, they just uh, they shredded the Baltimore Ravens uh, and uh, at the end of the day. So we we'll get into some of that stuff top of the hour. Looking forward to this, we will have uh, for you our Opportunity Bank Coaches Corner with Ryan Nelson. He is the head coach of uh, the Frenchtown Bronx. The Bronx are 3 3 and 2 right now and they're playing very good football right now, Coulter.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And they're in, in an interesting <laughs> position because they're kind of going to be the team that needs to prove it here down the stretch. We talked about the playoff racing class A yesterday, but with only four teams from the East, four teams from the West coming down to make the playoffs. And the fact that Hamilton's already off to a 5-0 and start, Dillon's off to a 4-1 and start with one loss being to Hamilton, although Frenchtown's 3-2, and two, their two losses are to the two teams from the Southwestern A that are above them in the standings. And they're going to have to. I think that Frenchtown is going to need to sweep the Northwestern teams to really solidify that spot in the playoffs. But they could do it. They absolutely could do it.
1: They certainly can. It's a restricted playoff, and that really could hurt Frenchtown in this particular postseason. But you're right. They, they lose to Dylan in overtime against Dylan. Then they lose to Hamilton, who's hands down the number one team in Southwestern A and maybe in in Class A in, in general. In the
0: last two Treasure State Media polls that we
1: participated in, Hamilton's number one. So so we got him top ranked. It was 21 to 6 I think was the final of that game. It was 14 to 6 though. Late in the 4th quarter there was a turnover a scoop and score defensive touchdown for Hamilton that kind of sealed the deal point being I mean it's a loss is a loss but it was a very competitive game, essentially a one-score game coming down to it until the very end. And so Frenchtown's got two losses, one in overtime and one very competitive loss to two of the top five teams in the state at the Class A level. They have blown out everybody else that they've played in their three wins. I mean, they, they're they up 120 or whatever to, 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 to 25 over the course of those games. Uh, don't quote me on that total aggregate score okay i'm doing quick math and i'm not good at it but that's the point is that this is a really good football team so we'll we'll look forward to talking uh you know with coach nelson uh, at the top of the hour also tomorrow the nba finals get going right here on espn radio for you so we're going to talk a little bit about the los angeles lakers miami heat series and some comments that jimmy butler had uh about where he thinks the Miami Heat stack up compared to uh, the the uh, L.A. Lakers. So there you go. That is the show. If you want to get in here, be part of it, 361-3688, the phone number. All guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone line. You can also text that number as well, 361-3688. And if you want to listen live on the World Wide Web, you go to our website, 1029ESPN.com. You click on the Listen Live tab, and you jump in the stream. The stream is available all the time, thanks to Opportunity Bank of Montana. Opportunity Bank, your Local bank, your opportunity. Uh, All right, Coulter. So, again, just to keep everybody apprised, this is an expanded playoff like we've never had before in Major League Baseball. So we're going to keep you updated in real time each afternoon of what's going on here. We're going to try and fit games in, and we want to get them into their completion uh, if we're able. But there is no clock with baseball, as we know. So sometimes they go short and sometimes they go long. So we will try and adjust as best we can accordingly. Also want to update you the other game that was happening at this very time, finished with a final score that was identical to the uh, Astros' defeat of the Twins 4-1. The White Sox have beat the Oakland A in game one of that series now that is not an upset uh the uh, White Sox a very good baseball team they lead uh, the A's in this uh three game wild card series one game to nothing with a 4-1 win that's just finished up right now so there you go that's where we're at in uh, in baseball Toronto and Tampa Bay they are scoreless in the bottom of the fourth as they play and then later on this evening actually top of the hour the game will start we'll join it in progress Yankees Indians so there's your baseball stuff Let's get into some FCS football stuff, Coulter. And specifically, you wanted to talk about North Dakota State and kind of where they're at right now as they are in a game prep week getting ready for Central Arkansas. And want to talk a little bit about Trey Lance. Will this be his last game uh, at NDSU? But also. Where are Montana and Montana State is? You know, we've actually now come to the week that everybody had talked about, well, that many people had talked about, certainly we have talked about, uh, for North Dakota State as uh, having, you know, chosen and been able to, both financially and logistically, schedule one game in this fall to expand their play or their practice situation and what that has meant and can mean to this team. So first, we'll start with Central Arkansas briefly because
0: they have been playing this full schedule. And I thought that after watching them in their opener against Austin P, that both teams looked incredibly rusty. The game lacked spirit and pizzazz that normally accompanies college football. But I thought, OK, well, this is, you know, they're playing in, uh, in Mobile, Alabama in a stadium that holds 30,000 plus people and there's 2,000 people there. So that's cavernous and weird and a, a different experience for the kids. So I thought maybe they would continue to improve and maybe they'd look a little bit better. I checked out a little bit of the Missouri State game against Central Arkansas this last weekend. I I thought neither team looked that good, man. There's a a missing element, certainly, in, in all of this. And I think that there's a lot of different factors that go into what that missing element is, but it's just not the same, particularly at the FCS level. The guys just don't look sharp. They don't look great. But Central Arkansas was able to rally and come back and defeat Missouri State 27-20 to 20, despite only nine first downs in the entire game. They averaged only 2.7 yards per carry, only 177 yards of total offense, but they still managed to somehow beat Bobby Petrino's Missouri State Bears in that one game that... Uh, in the one FCS game, I should say, for Missouri State this year. And uh, I'll tell you this, Missouri State's been a perennial basement dweller in the Missouri Valley Football Conference. Yeah. If Central Arkansas replicates that performance in Fargo on Saturday, this is going to look like a walkthrough. I mean, North Dakota State is going to annihilate them. This is going to be a 49 nothing type deal if they if they don't play more sharply in the Fargo Dome. But I think that there's a couple different interesting factors, uh, both in terms of this game singularly as well as just what it
1: means for the FCS landscape. Can I ask you one question? Absolutely. Before we get into this specifically about this game yep, yep. and the FCS, you talked about... You watched that Austin P. Central Arkansas game week one. There's a lot of reasons that could explain why the teams kind of looked rusty and clunky. It's part of it's the environment part. Part of it's just maybe the lack of preparation. A lot of things.
0: Sure. I yeah. mean, objectively, there's just been way less training. That's right. That happens in that's the right. nine months leading up to a season than ever before. It's, it's just a fact.
1: It's just a fact. And so w- this is what you get. And that's kind of what you deal with. And maybe there's been some improvement, but still, it doesn't look great, you know, depending on the team or the situation. FBS, week week one of the SEC schedule, uh, and also the Big 12. Was this their first week, second week? I don't know. Anyway, Oklahoma loses to Kansas State. LSU loses to Mississippi State. Texas miraculously gets it back and gets the thing done in overtime against Texas Tech. But already... Two of the top, like I understand LSU is, you know, they were already ranked number six even after having won the national championship, and they only returned three starters and all that. Okay, that's fine. It's still LSU at home against Mississippi State as the defending national champion. Oklahoma, but
0: but but who who does no fans hurt more than some of the SEC teams?
1: Well, it's it's true, and you're not going to Death Valley and winning. This is part of my point. Oklahoma, they're the number three team in the nation. Yep. Lincoln Riley and doing what he's doing, uh, you know, there and what their, exp- I mean their their aspirations of national championship. Period. No question, no question. They lose to Kansas State, who by the way was 0 one. They lost to, I was it an FCS or at least a mid major school in week one. I forget who they lose to anyway. They beat Oklahoma in Norman. Whether it's the fans not being there, whether it's the lack of preparation. Do you feel already like this season is – is it was already obviously just completely unprecedented, and so that's always going to lead any discussion you have, whether it's now or down the line, about the 2020 football season. But do you feel that now you are feeling more and more like this is illegitimate in terms of the football that you're seeing and the results that we're getting and whoever it is that ends up winning a national championship, if we proceed to that point in the FBS, you're going to go, hey, Okay, but not really. Or do you think? Or are you going to go? No, no, no. This is this is what it is. The teams that dealt with the adversity the best, the teams that were prepared the best that they could be. Those are the teams that ended up winning. And and you know, even if it turns out to be Mississippi State that wins the whole thing with your boy Mike Leach at the helm, that you know, that you're going to accept that and go. Yeah, this is. I I think I I give them their due. They are the national champions.
0: Well, first of all, if Mike Leach and Mississippi State won the national championship, I would retire because I would not want to be a part of any form of media oh, because of what stop. the slobber session stop. would be like. Kansas State lost to Arkansas State. So you're Arkansas right. a, a State, that's right. School. Yeah,
1: okay, Sunbelt, yeah. I think that co-
0: the most beautiful part about, and th- this is the the lone argument that exists to me for the current structure of college football being the correct structure of college football. The battle of attrition the game of Jenga that it is. Every week you pull pieces out and there's only four teams that are left standing. And it is the biggest argument for how important the college football season is the regular season you lose, especially lose early bad or lose late period. That's your playoff game. You just lost the playoff game to get to the playoffs. And that's the biggest argument for keeping the playoff structure as it is, or, or before it was the biggest argument for not even having a playoff structure like people used to always say, go undefeated and you win the national championship. And I know we've had a couple examples of that happening where it, that team did not, in fact, win the national championship. But it's been 0. .0001% of the time where that actually happens. 99.9% of the time when you go undefeated, you win the national championship at college football. And if you don't, you don't. And you know exactly why you didn't win it because you lost that game. But that the building narrative that exists from coast to coast When you, As a program, when you reach a point where you're not just gunning for a conference title or a bowl bid, but you're actually within the national discussion, you can watch College Game Day and see what's going on. What are they doing down in Miami? What's going on in South Bend with Notre Dame? That stuff builds so much. And I think that even coaches, if they say they're not paying attention to it, bull, they are. They're absolutely paying attention to what the national narrative is. But the fact that there's been so many things distracting from the actual competitive element of the national narrative... I do think that it's affecting everybody that's involved in college football from top to bottom. I was talking to a coach in the Big Sky Conference who has connections to coaches in the Power Five. One guy who's coaching the Power Five with Missoula Ties, Brandon Fisher. He's a quality control guy at Auburn right now. Brandon Fisher played linebacker at University of Montana in the late 2000s for Bobby Houck. Most recently, he was the defensive coordinator at Southern Utah, but now he's working at Auburn. He said that the things that they have to go through on a day-to-day basis to even get ready to practice, the amount of testing, the amount of red tape you got to go through just to stay safe is an absolute nightmare. He said half of his job is just making sure that the dudes show up in the right place at the right time to get the coronavirus test so that they can get cleared to do anything, to even be around each other. Okay, so this brings it all the way back.
1: Is this season a legitimate one?
0: I think no, because I, I don't think that you can delegitimize anybody that wins a championship that's participating because enough teams are participating to make it broadly legitimate in terms of on the field of competition. But I do think that this championship is going to be influenced both positively and negatively with all the things that are going on around the country and the distractions that those are providing. And just the game itself, It from top to bottom, whether you're talking about the narrative and the hype around it or the environment within the game, it's
1: just largely different. Yeah. it's never. I don't think we'll ever see this again. The um the Tampa Bay Lightning won the Stanley Cup last night. Indeed. And there was it was there, was there was a lot of energy put into it and the emotion of it, it was it was real, it was legitimate, it was wonderful, and it was missing something. And it primarily was missing the fact that when the horn sounds and the team is piling on each other. There was, it was, it was all of a sudden, it was empty. Like, you just, there was this acute recognition that this is just happening in a vacuum, happening in a bubble, as it were. And it doesn't, in in, this, in the sense, uh, you know, in, in hockey, in the Stanley Cup, uh, and I would say broadly in the professional sports, it is not, there's no asterisk about the Tampa Bay Lightning being the, the you know, the Stanley Cup champions. But there is a... Missing element of what that moment should be even if they had won on the this is a game six in theory it would have been played in Dallas sure okay people you know it's energy it's amazement the crowd sticks around they want to lay their eyes on the Stanley Cup at the end of the day even though it's not their team winning it and it just it was when it when this is the first sport that finally culminated to its championship since we've been in this and uh, and it was, it was disappointing slightly. It wasn't hugely disappointing and it was still to me as a hockey fan of watching this, it was still thrilling. It was still exciting. It was amazing to watch these guys do what they do. And they were, you know, overwhelmed by the moment with excitement and so forth and so on. But as a viewer, and I got to think to some extent, still even as a player, you know, ugh, it would have been great if we could have done this in a different situation. Um, Better than not doing it at all. I think it's going to be the more so for college football, man. I really do. Because it's it's already uneven. You got the Pac-12 starting in November. They're already playing football, you know, since the beginning of September elsewhere. So
0: this brings us back to NDSU, Central yes. Arkansas, and their relationship with Montana and Montana State. NDSU has been more well-prepared for their season opener than any football team in college football for a decade. That's why they I mean that's why they've won 6 straight games against FBS opponents. FBS teams won't play them anymore. Why would you? Mm-hmm. They're not just beating, you know, Arkansas State and Troy. They're beating Kansas State. They're beating Iowa. They're mm-hmm. beating Iowa State. Mm-hmm. They're beating Power 5 teams. They're beating top 15 Power 5 teams. So they're going to be well prepared for this game on Saturday. I think it's a brilliant I think the timing of it is brilliant. I think that the everything about it, they nailed it. They're the one team in the FCS that nailed it. Surprising, shocking, right? That North Dakota State, they even win one versus 120 other teams. They still even win in the scheduling game. But I think that this is, it, this will be a culmination of what has been, I think, another microcosmic situation that puts North Dakota State ahead of
1: everybody else in the country. Jabril Cox. Pick six. Transferred to LSU. Now their best corner, who is lockdown, who is in, I think by all accounts a first round NFL cornerback, did not play in this game for LSU. I, I don't know, I can't recall the, the man's name. Jabril Cox was the best player on the football field, certainly hands down the best defender in the football game, playing for the defending national champion. Hang their hat on defense up until Joe Burrow last year. LSU Tigers coming out of North Dakota State. Is that surprising though? It's the least surprising thing in the world. Because
0: when you really think about it, I mean, he was the Missouri Valley Football League MVP two years in a row. Buck Camp finalist two years in a row. But he's the he's been the best defensive player on a team that I think you could argue by all measures is one of the top thirty
1: teams in the country. Period. And, right. And this is this is what this is my best argument for not just the expanded playoff, but the group of five champion being in the power five, or in the the playoff, in Mm -hmm, an expanded mm -hmm. playoff, how do you know who's good? Nobody gives North Dakota State the time of day, and the teams that do won't play them, which is now everybody, to your point, because they know how good this team is. No one else, though, LSU goes our best players an fcs transfer no wonder we lost we must stink it's completely the wrong attitude to have but (laughs) but this is that's just what it is right The, the 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 time of day that is not given to anybody other than us big boys bad boys in the sec and the teams that are here and so on and so forth and not you know and and not even a breadcrumb to the rest of it and yet we know because we see these teams play week in and we out we 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 know what the university of montana montana state are capable of and building toward and the level of play that they are at we certainly know what north dakota state is but if you're not invested at this level you got no idea and it just goes oh right okay yeah i guess i don't even know why they play football over there in uh, montana and north dakota and idaho what are you why
0: that's always been the corner of the bar talk the water cooler talk where Oh man, the Buffalo Bills and I, I know not this year. The Bills are good this year. But oh the Buffalo Bills stink so bad they lose to Alabama. You know, Cleveland Browns, they suck so bad, they wouldn't beat Cam Newton's Auburn team. That's complete and utter fallacy. The NFL teams would destroy any college football team.
1: Yeah. My point here not the Jets.
0: My point here though is I think that some people might think that it would it would be natural and normal to extrapolate that to say, well, North Dakota State's pounding FCS teams, but if they played Wisconsin, what would happen? Well, here's the thing. North Dakota State has the best offensive line tradition in college football right now over the last 10 years. North Mm -hmm. Dakota State's had two guys per year for six years in a row go to the NFL from their offensive line. You go find me another school in the country that has two offensive linemen go to the NFL year after year. after. I mean, there's four offensive linemen from North Dakota State just off the top of my head right now that are starting in the NFL. Mm -hmm. Starters in the NFL. Well, who else has that? Wisconsin? And, and they're not on the Bengals. <laughs> Indeed, they're not. <laughs> North Dakota State has, has as good of offensive line as the Cincinnati Bengals. Truly, they have. Mul- I, 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 that's actually probably. <laughs> no, come that's, on now. that's an exaggeration. No, it's an exaggeration. But they, I mean, North Dakota State has. I mean, Dylan Raduns is going to be a top 50, maybe top 60 draft pick. Yeah. He'll be one of the top four or five offensive tackles taken. He'll be a starting right tackle in the NFL as a rookie. I bet Mm -hmm. that's the level of talent North Dakota State has, and that's that's why they can hang. So, last question. I know we got to get out. It's fine. Montana, Montana State. Yeah. I first of all, I think we need to address this. It's not an even playing field in college football in the Treasure State right now, because of things that are going on in the community, the differentiation in the health departments, Mm -hmm. and just the circumstances of the pandemic, combined with the fact that there's been this outbreak at University of Montana, particularly centered upon the athletic department. And we know that the cross country team was quarantined for a moment. I think they probably are probably getting close to the end of it. If if not having that 14 day quarantine be over, but there was dozens of football players that were quarantined as well from the university of Montana, from the Grizzlies and anybody that's been following it, you know, there was the kind of dust up between the health department and the Grizz football team. They were saying we have negative tests. Why do we have to be quarantined? They took the health department to task on social media uh, Ken Haslam, Montana Athletic Director, said take that stuff down. Regardless, the point is the M- Missoula City County Health Department is not allowing the Grizz football team to practice right now, even though there is an allotted amount of practice time under NCAA rules. Meanwhile, in Bozeman, Montana State is practicing. They had a pseudo, I don't know, I don't want to call it a scrimmage because I don't want, I mean, that's not what it was. It was not a hosted thing, but they had like a real live practice on Saturday this last weekend, and they're basically doing just a couple sessions a week. So, Right now, if you're Bobby Houck, you have to just be going crazy because you know North Dakota State just went through basically a full fall camp. They get a play on Saturday. Mm -hmm. Your rival, 200 miles to the east, is doing at least a little bit of work and you can't do anything. So in terms of what Montana, Montana State is going to be doing on Saturday, I think they're going to obviously probably keep a close eye on this game, take some notes to see where North Dakota State is at and where Montana, Montana State can get better. But you have to imagine that there's two different levels of frustration here, right? Jeff Choate absolutely wishes Montana State was in North Dakota State's position. He said that on this show.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But Bobby Hal probably wishes he was first and foremost in Jeff Choate's position and then secondly in North Dakota State's position as well because you have to think the Grizzlies feel like they're falling behind right now.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's a sign that hangs above my door. that says, one of my great mantras, it is what it is. And that is not satisfying to anybody. And unless you're me, it may not be the best way to live your life. But what do coaches always say, which is tantamount to it is what it is? Control what you can control. control, what you can control right? No. You know what's
0: famous is control your square foot,
1: 20 square feet. That Can't, always that's what you got to do. So if that means you're breaking down North Dakota State film this weekend instead of actually out on the football field with your team, then so be it. That's what it is. And you know what? The falling behind thing, I realized that college football, football, you know, from the Division One shoot, I mean, from the Division Three level up, is, is a year-round thing. I mean, the, the, the work is being put in one way or another. The work shifts what the work is, but you're putting in work all the year round. That said, we're a long way from playing football. Yeah. And... If you're not practicing now, is it significant? Yes. But how many coaches have we heard say, you know, I don't even know how big a deal spring ball actually is. Now, Bobby Hauk is one of those guys. This is the thing,
0: though. This is what I'm talking about, though, is because if you know Coach Hauk, I don't think it's exaggeration to say that he's the most frustrated by the situation of anybody that's going through it because... Bobby Hauk loves practice more than anybody I've ever met.
1: Bobby Houck is losing his mind. <laughs> I mean, there, there's no cartoon that can do justice to what what he is going through right now. And and I, I feel for him. Like that's not a flaw of his. In fact, that's a great strength of his. Absolutely. And 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 I completely understand why. You know, especially when he's built the way he's built and oriented the way he's oriented to practice and the importance of it, right. regardless of time of year, right. regardless of distance to your next game. Like, uh, what, I get all of that, what but, the, I, you know, there's other philosophies, too.
0: What did he say on the day that this, the announcement was made by the Big Sky? He said, we're like the military. We outlast you because we out-train you, period. Yeah. He said, we need to get guys around so we can train. Mm-hmm. That's the part, I guarantee you, is just so frustrating mm-hmm. throughout the program. It's a developmental-based program, so you need all the training. Like, missing – Choate's whole deal where everybody gets reps all the time. It's this big family, and by the time fall camp rolls around, you're practicing on four fields, so everybody's getting all these reps all the time. It's great. It works. I mean, they won 11 games last year. But missing you – know, canceling half your spring ball like Choate did, it's not as detrimental to you as where in Bobby Houck's program – the repetition, the monotony, the love of the grind that's the number one factor. The guys who buy into that are the ones that are the most successful. Every day you miss is a day that is gone and, and I, it, it kills their program. And I, i but here's the here to, to, to turn this and send us out into the break on a light note yes, not only does Coach Houck love the training element of this more than any coach I've ever been around and obsess over it, I mean. His, his ability to endure the tediousness of what college football is is second to none, and I don't think that there's even a close second. <laughs> and if there was ever a coach that had a team with specific and already anointed leaders that could use all the frustration and store it 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 and, store it and, store it and then use it, it's this Grizz team. Mm-hmm. We saw it in Sammy Kim's eyes when we were talking to him about the cancellation there's no question he's very disappointed but he said you just wait you just wait till we're allowed to play when that time comes whenever it might be we will be ready and i absolutely guarantee you when you talk about the opener that central arkansas they're facing this juggernaut in the fargo dome i wouldn't want to be montana's first opponent for the next time they play football whether that's
1: spring of 2021 or fall 2021. Stu Tell Nuanus, 1029 ESPN Radio. Quick break on the other side. Speaking of Montana, they get a new commit. Jake Olson, tight end out of Butte. We'll talk about that, maybe some NFL stuff next.
2: Change is constant. And nowhere is this more true than with your company's network and network security. With an SD-WAN solution from Blackfoot Communications, you get the best of both worlds, a scalable network to quickly connect remote offices, and the protection from downtime that ensures your network is always on. For more information, visit blackfootbusiness.com or call 866-541-5000. Blackfoot, connect to more.
1: Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Outstanding to be with you on a Tuesday afternoon. Coming out of an interesting Monday night football game. A couple of thoughts on that forthcoming. Quick trivia question. I know we're doing trivia tomorrow, Coulter, but I got a trivia question for you today. How many consecutive postseason games have the Minnesota Twins lost after their 4-1 loss less than an hour ago? Hmm. Twelve. Seventeen. Wow. Seventeen games in a row. I mean, how many series does that represent? I mean, there's there, a couple of those are once-off wild card games since the institution of the wild card game. But there's also, I mean, you're being swept three-game series. I mean, do do the math. I mean, that is inconceivable that they've lost their seventeenth consecutive playoff game today. It's unbelievable. 4 the last time they won a game, a game. And then, by the way, they were out in five of that series against the Yankees in 2004. Unbelievable. Crazy. Uh, okay. Uh, Colter. So, I got a question for okay. you. Okay. This
0: will lead us into the Jake Olson kid from Butte who's coming to Montana. Okay. I just dropped that stat about Billing Scavy. What's more impressive than Ron Lubsock and his uh, three-state championships of Billing Skyview and a storied career that uh, lasted for... Close to 35 years. I mean, do the math. Even Yeah, close to 35 years mm-hmm. at Billing Skyview. Or the fact that four of his five sons all played for the University of Montana. One of the, His only son that didn't play, he decided he was going to go become a priest instead. So, uh, worthy calling to be sure. But uh, the other four, all standouts for the Grizzlies, including
1: two guys, that, two of them that were all-conference multiple years in a row. I mean, it's impressive. On one hand, I would say the fact that you had five kids and they were sons is pretty,
0: one, <laughs> it's you know, good, it's good. Yep. Yeah. Uh,
1: but you know, the the children of coaches, you know, if that's what you do, I mean, look at the Bosa family, right? It's yeah. no ac- I mean, I'm surprised Nick's father isn't filling in for him now that he's injured. You know, no
0: question. Well, Ron Lipsack was a standout offensive lineman at the University of Montana, out of Butte. In the mid seventies, mm-hmm. it's just, it's interesting too because you had Matt, who was an all conference safety after being a great quarterback at Building Skyview. That was when they were running the Veer option, and then you had Sean, who was the leading tackler, and one of the top defensive players on the two thousand eight two thousand nine teams, who went to the national championship for Montana, an all conference inside linebacker. Then you got a defensive lineman and an offensive lineman, and the two youngest guys, So You have all four. Of the, you got a bunch of position groups covered. But speaking of. Butte, Montana. All roads lead to Butte. I yep. think that sometimes people forget that the Hauk family, although Bobby Houck went to high school in Big Timber, Tim Houk went to high school in Big Timber, their roots are originate in Butte and then stretch to Missoula. Bobby Houck is actually born in Missoula. Tim Houck was born in Butte. But you know, you go to Loyola High School, you go down to the locker room, there's a big picture of of Robert Lawrence Hauk Sr., Bobby's father. I guess he was probably the junior because I think Bobby's actually the third. But regardless, there's Bobby's dad. There's a picture of him because he was the AD at Loyola for a long Mm -hmm. time, I think, when Bobby was growing up. Mm -hmm. That is hence why he was born in Missoula. But the point I'm making is that I think that you don't just want to recruit kids because of where they're from. That said, I feel as if Butte, Montana has been under-recruited for the last 10 years, if you get kids from Butte, and it's a it's a cliche, not everybody's going to fall into the stereotype, but by and large, if you get dudes from Butte, they're going to be tough and they're going to be hard workers and they're going to make they're going to make it to the end purely because they want to. I mean, you might have guys that get hurt, like Jake DeLaSera, who played for the Grizz recently. He got hurt; it happens. But by and large, you are going to get kids that last. And so, Jake Olson committing from Butte High, I think, I think it shows that Bobby Hawke believes that himself because he went and got Dylan Cook to transfer from Montana State Northern, where he was a quarterback, to now play offensive tackle, and he was a starter by the end of the year. But then they also, this last recruiting class, they signed Guido Osillo from Butte Central, Matt Sipkins from Butte Central. They had the punter from Butte Nathan Ferguson for a minute. He ended up leaving the program. But Bobby Huck's putting a priority on recruiting Butte, and I think that's a big deal.
1: Um, on a personal note, I don't know that I've ever really expressed this, not that it's you know that important or whatever, but I have the, the grandest, greatest, undying love for Butte that it is possible to have, not being from there. Okay, so I defer certainly to people who are from Butte, who live in Butte, but as a Montanan who has bounced around the state a little bit anyways, mostly in the western side of the state, I just, I don't know if there's a place I like more than Butte. It is as good as it gets For somebody like me, it ain't for everybody. That's part of the appeal to it. And if you could get somebody from Butte, I am with you. Not to be cliched about it, but you're headed in the right direction. And I don't, I mean, the history is is all the evidence that you need. Of the city, yes, but of, of, you know, football, the recruits, of the coaches, of the people that have come from Butte, Montana. And by the way, when you see a guy from Butte, whose productivity isn't necessarily off the charts, okay? When you talk about you know four touchdowns a year ago, okay, that's fine. To be six, fair, though, he
0: didn't really start playing tight end until the stretch run of last year, and so most of those touchdowns came the last month of the year.
1: But 6'7", 235 as a high school kid who's like a basketball player, I mean, what that could represent in four years of you know Division One eating? Look out. Look out. You yeah, know, and that's you, all you, under, what I think. And
0: I think they'll probably start tr- sorry about at tight end, but... It's the perfect tweener because he could either be a really big tight end, pretty quick,
1: mm-hmm.
0: or he could be a really athletic offensive tackle. Yeah, down the road. But I do think that recruiting Butte is uh, it's important. It's definitely a battleground. Tease for later on. We had Randy Riley, Butte native, in studio earlier today, recording the Grizz Greats episodes. So we got I think about a dozen of them recorded now. Yep. So we'll continue Plus. to roll those things out for you, uh, and we'll always preview it on the show and, and get those to you as well. Um, but I, I I think it's important to to recruit the mining city. I really do. And I think that Bobby Houck knows that and he's doing a good job of it. But I mean, you talk about your love and affinity for Butte. I'm right there with you, man. Yeah. When people say, Oh man, I'd never live in Butte, that place it's a dump, blah blah blah. That's fighting words, man. Learn <laughs> I mean it, it's like saying baseball's boring. We've gone through my whole inner dilemma with baseball and my lack of love that I wish I still had for it. But baseball being slow and boring is way down the list for why I'm not as interested in it as I once was. And it's just like saying that Butte is a dump. It's not. It's one of the great places on earth. Have some reverence for history, if you think that.
1: Uh, You know, there's... I understand that if we thought we were wrong about the things that we believe that we wouldn't believe those things. That's like that's part of what belief is that you think that you're right, even though you know that some of the things you think are not right. Like everybody is. I would. We should all believe that we have beliefs that we have that aren't true or aren't correct to have. We just don't know which ones or we would switch those beliefs. Or then all of a sudden you end up in purgatory and you don't believe in anything. Right. You can become a nihilist if you so choose. The other thing, though, is sometimes, you know, the the seeing eye thing where it's like it's just a, it just looks like a chaos and nothing. But if you get your eyes right, then you see the picture and it pops out or whatever. Mm -hmm. And you're like, no, no, no. I can see the picture. You just don't see it. But that's your fault. I know for sure because I can see it. People who don't think the right things about Butte, that's on them. That's their fault. They're flawed, not us. It's 2 Nuanas and 102.9 ESPN Radio. A little bit of a circuitous route to get to that point, but we made it. Uh, quick break on the other side. The NFL last night, the NFL Thursday night. If you don't think Thursday night is can't-miss TV, you are so wrong. Jets Broncos has everything, everything you could possibly want. I will tell you why right after this. We also
0: have sandwiches for you.
1: Oh I'm into it. boys and Girls. We live in this great state for a couple reasons. First, it's got Butte in it. That's one reason. Another reason, if you're a business owner, you know how hard you work. And sometimes it's at the expense of your own free time, even though you want to enjoy the state of Montana. Need to enjoy the state of Montana. Well, that's where Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services comes in. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services is a virtual bookkeeper that helps small businesses organize, maintain, and grow their business, which helps keeps your business running smoothly and, how about this, gives you more time to do what you love. That's right. If your business runs well, you're afforded the time that you wanted in the first place to live in the place that you love. Black Bookkeeping and Consulting Services offers monthly bookkeeping and will even clean up previous month's books. Visit blackbookkeepingllc.com. That's blackbookkeepingllc.com and schedule a free consultation today. Just like that, they're running on the field at Virginia Tech.
0: Hokies won this last weekend. Hey, shout out to Liz, the, the person who runs my whole life runs yeah. the little
1: broadcast company. She's it's from nice to have a, a personal assistant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we wouldn't be functioning right now if we, if we didn't. Fact. Yeah, I mean, I can't even print the damn outline. I know. Uh, I know. I've asked you this before, but I don't remember the answer. Do you yes. like Metallica?
1: Yeah. What's your
0: level of like for
1: Metallica? Oh, it's a moderate
0: level. It, it, it should be a lot higher because because of what you like in music. Yeah. I think you need to listen to more Metallica.
1: This is the exact... This is exactly what it is. It's not even that I'm just sort of tepid about Metallica. I like Metallica, and I like them quite a little bit. I don't know them in a thoroughgoing way that would make them like the... the You know, my... my unin- here's, here's the I thing- also have a little bit of trouble, though, because I'm... The music is is great. I'm into it. Yeah. I also know enough, at least what I think is enough, about a couple of the members of the band. I'm just... Eh, just does not yeah. And it just don't quite do it for me.
0: Well, they're very eccentric people, certainly. It's because they're geniuses.
1: Yeah. I mean... I'm not, dude, I'm I don't, not sure I I'm mean, ready to go there. I get it with the music. Dude, I mean, yeah. Kurt
0: Hammett is, the, in my opinion, the most underrated guitar player in rock music. I okay. think that he's... He's transcended. I mean, the thing here, here's here's what you got a
1: to, problem. Here's
0: your what you got is. to know about Metallica, and this is like very many bands. But okay. Metallica has gone through a lot of scrutiny because they've evolved so much as a band. There's definitive eras and versions of Metallica. Early Metallica, Kill 'Em All, Metallica, Thrash Rock. I mean, Thrash Heavy Metal, basically. That's not really my scene. I got respect for it because they played so fast, and it was amazing to like just watch them perform. Mm-hmm. It's not my shtick. Mm-hmm. And then the you know we was listening to Enter Sandman and the Black album you know produced by Bob Ross a lot of people thought that was you know you making Metallica into pop heavy metal basically it was a produced album it was very mainstream by their standards yes but the era between the Thrash and pre Black album and then the reinvention of the late nineties I think that you particularly Ryan Tuttle would love
1: well there's a couple of uh, songs that I'm very much into and I would even say maybe uh, the Black album I like. Just in general, as as that's the record I'm most familiar with. Uh, also, and
0: that's that's the whole thing is like that's the hardest part is that that's the most popular album and that's what most people would say is the one they're most familiar with, and it's good, but it pales in comparison to "And Justice for All" or "Master of Puppets."
1: But also, their concert at the USSR. I mean, I mean it, it that. It it just hits on just so many unbelievable levels. I mean, it's it's a it is people don't a understand global either. moment.
0: It's not possible to sound good in front of five hundred thousand people, and they sounded epic.
1: Well, I'm glad you enjoyed the show.
0: <laughs> Point taken, but I mean, it's it's one of the most masterful live performances in
1: it, it, modern it, history. It was it was. It was amazing for, for a whole bunch of different reasons. Okay,
0: yes. I want to talk about Brett Rippin, but we got to give the people what they want. Okay, Coulter. we always do. we got something new for everybody here. Tagliari Deli. You are just so happy. Corner of Beckwith and Higgins. Yeah. You know where they're at, and if you haven't tried it, you got to go over there and try it. But uh, Tagliari Deli, the best sandwiches in Missoula. They've been on the Food Network. Hands down. They've been on the Food Network. They've been voted best sandwich in Missoula. So now every Tuesday... Got a new promotion. Tagliari Tuesday. We're going to try a sandwich right here on the air, on the show, and then we are going to give you a $25 gift card to Tagliari Deli. So if you give us a call right now, we're going to go caller number three. Very good. 361-3688. 361-3688. Eight, 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 eight. $25 gift card to Tagliari Deli. You, can, you see this bottle of wine for our TV viewers. They have a great, great, great wine selection Spoiler alert, this is a present for my sister in law. It's her birthday today. Happy birthday, Kyle. Oh,
1: outstanding. And uh,
0: if she is by chance listening or watching, which I doubt she is, she has two small children. They're mm-hmm. probably playing at the park and having a great time. Uh, but they have great wine selection. <laughs> the guys in there can help you out. But today
1: we're going to try a
0: sublime. Sandwich. I mean,
1: they didn't undersell it on the name, did they?
0: I told I told Matt that you would love the name because well, you're a Sublime guy, right? I,
1: I do like Sublime, and I also, you know, for what it's worth, and this is you and I have a bunch of areas in life that we disagree, sports and so forth, <laughs> but one area where we just there's just absolute hand in glove unity is the sandwich game. Yeah, yeah you yeah. and I are a couple big sandwich guys.
0: The sublime is prosciutto, hot soppressata, burrata, sun dried tomato, just arugula, pesto, and garlic aioli. Okay, I'm gonna get this thing open. This is gonna try me a bite. This
1: is gonna be great radio. while we're just just putting it away here for the next. Don't we have a pre recorded segment that we can play? I mean, this so is the greatest promotion I've do? ever
0: come up with. When when they say <laughs> they want me to try this on the air, I say. I'll pick it up at 2.
1: Give me that half over there. I'm not okay. doing okay. any, uh, you know, I'm going to social distance my sandwich from yours. I'll let you eat first because we can't both be eating at the same time. I'm going to sit here. You know what's funny is you doing this. Oh, is my God. That's just how you sound on the radio.
0: <laughs> this is just how Thanks you are.
1: People of my deficiencies.
0: <laughs> that is so good. I can't even describe to you how good that is. Try a bite of this.
1: Okay, you're going to be able to talk me
0: through this? Yeah, I'll talk you through it. So, uh, just in case, I think actually Reese might have missed this. We will. We've taken a car, third car, 361 3688. Got 25 bucks to Tagliari, Foya Tagliari Deli, located there, the corner of Beckwith and Higgins, right by the roundabout. Absolutely the best sandwiches in Missoula. Great wine selection, especially pasta as well. Tune in every Tuesday. Between 4.30 and 5.00, we'll uh, have a $25 gift card to Tagliari for you. What do you think?
1: I think this is going to be a short segment <laughs> because I'm going to get to the rest of that. No question. In moments. Excellent work from Tagliari. We're happy to have them on board. Uh, Coulter, the New York Jets are going to lose on Thursday to the Denver Broncos, who have no players left and are starting, hello, a guy named Rippin as their quarterback. That's right. That Rippin, that family. Uh, Mark's son, Brett, going to start for the Denver Broncos Thursday night. Uh, I cannot wait for this football game. This is going to be, this is Super Bowl-esque level of somebody's got to win it.
0: (laughs) The opposite of the Super Bowl in terms of the quality of the teams and what they've been through injury-wise and things like that, though. It's amazing to think. The Jets are reaching unparalleled territory. I've only been diving into the sports gambling game for a little while here, but the Jets,
1: they were right. eleven and a half point underdogs and came didn't come within twenty points of covering. It's not
0: even just the the spreads; it's the
1: money line. I mean, <laughs> they're
0: negative nine hundred last week. That means you got to bet, or I guess they're plus nine hundred. They you know, means for the Colts were negative nine hundred, so that mm. means you got to bet nine hundred dollars to win hundred. Yeah, ain't hey, no way you win it. The Jets yeah. are are in trouble they are they are bad
1: and they're uninspired and it's not great if the broncos win this game does adam Gase even get on the plane going back to new york city that's an interesting question i don't
0: know why they haven't pulled the trigger already to me it seems as if they're the most obviously dysfunctional franchise in the nfl right now but rippon for those that uh, maybe i forgot or didn't know boise state guy but his father mark i believe is from cordon but um, has a, some deep Missoula ties. Ken Sander, famous and well-renowned agent, uh, Missoula Sentinel guy who then made a name for himself as one of the great sports agents in the entire inland Northwest. He represented dozens of guys, but probably the premier guy he represented was Mark Rippen. After Mark Rippen led the Washington Redskins to court to the Super Bowl, and then signed what, which was at the time I believe the second highest contract in the history of pro football, behind a guy named Dan Marino. Right. So, Rippon always had Missoula ties because, you know, Kenny has, had made his home here for a really long time. And there was a lot of buzz maybe that when Brett Rippon was coming out of high school, that he might actually come to the University of Montana. Ends up walking on at Boise State and then becomes, ends up becoming a
1: record setter at Boise State. He, I mean, he, he can throw a football. I well, mean, he he's, he's, a, he's an NFL caliber thrower of the football. I have no idea what he'll be in general. And obviously, anytime you're starting in your first NFL game, it doesn't usually go that great. But... It's the Jets, so it's maybe he Jets. goes for 700 yards and eight touchdowns. <laughs> Anything's on the table right now. Anyway, it's going to be a, a hugely intriguing game. I wanted to briefly touch on last night, too, that Monday night football game. We can come Just back to it. I know we don't have a lot of time. But the, the Chiefs... Missed the over by one point. I know. I'm sorry. Ugh. I was thinking of you. Uh, with,
0: with a missed extra point and a missed field uh, goal by yeah. the best kicker in the league.
1: Well, clearly he ain't. He ain't now. Um the, the Chiefs, though, looked unbelievable. They shredded Baltimore, man. And and that, I think it was a two-touchdown, ultimately victory, but 34-20 or whatever. One of those touchdowns that Baltimore scored was a, a kick return. And give Harbaugh credit. That's why he's a special teams guy. That's what he does. So here, here for the special teams. Unit. But offensively, they just looked terrible. Mark Ingram had 30 yards rushing, and he carried the ball more than anybody else on the team. All that said, whatever the flaws or whatever happened, Lamar Jackson is the biggest blur in sports when he hits the next gear and then you find out he's actually got two more and the camera can't keep up as it's panning he's running out of the shot Dude, you, forward on the TV and it's just your head just explodes at how unbelievably fast this guy is and going around the corner it's just like it's not possible
0: it's it's what i keep saying everybody keeps talking about What happens when he gets hurt? Well, who's going to catch him? There's multiple times when he'll turn the corner and you think he's dead to rights.
1: And they don't even get there.
0: And the defensive player's laying on the ground behind him.
1: Yeah, he does need to get out of bounds. Like, he takes a couple hits, especially low, because nobody does get to him up high because they can't, that he just, like, just run out of bounds. You're going to gain, what, one more yard? Just save yourself even the fall to the ground, man. But it is... It is glorious and I. It's unprecedented what he is when he hits the next level speed wise. I mean, it's 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 amazing, and he's got deficiencies throwing the football, and I think that they were on display last night. They were they were running some pretty unorthodox stuff to cross him up, though. Too, you could
0: tell yep. he was really confused for not, they they uh, Kansas City.
1: It was a sneak attack. Kansas what they City did deserves a ton of credit. Absolutely, and Baltimore didn't have their best night. I mean, that's that's clear. And what that does is draw out flaws, and there were some flaws to be seen. That said, I mean, I said yesterday that I thought Josh Allen was the one quarterback I might play to, pay to watch. Uh, I mean, you're not going to go wrong with with anybody that's playing quarterback last night. But Lamar Jackson does some stuff where it's just like it just seems infeasible to do. So Nuan on is one of two ninety ESPN Radio. Hour one in the books. Hour two straight ahead. Very happy about this. It is our coach's corner with Ryan Nelson. He's the head coach at Frenchtown High School. Frenchtown having a very solid season to this point and uh, are working their way towards the postseason at the Class A level, a restricted postseason, by the way. So tougher to get in. So we'll speak with him, talk to him about their season, where they're at right now, right after this. Can't wait to keep doing this
0: Taglieri Tuesday, man. Thanks to Tagliari for this delicious sandwich, and uh, tune in every Tuesday. Between 4.30 and 5, we got Taglieri for you as well.
1: It's 2TEL Nuanez, ESPN Radio Hey, Kurtz Polaris is at 2904 West Broadway and Missoula Highway 83 in Seeley. The weather is warming up, and it's time to get, well, it's warming up this week, you know, because it's nice out. It's like, I don't know, the perfect weather to be outside. Went on a walk today. gonna Get outside Go some off-roading this weekend. How's that sound? We'll go to Kirk's Polaris. They got dirt bikes. They got side-by-sides. Everything you need to cruise around the state of Montana, western Montana. You can get in the mountains. You can get on the Forest Service roads. Maybe on your property. Maybe on your friend's property. Husqvarna and Beta Dirt Bikes, top of the line. You want to race. You want to jump. You just want to cruise around. They got adult stuff. They got kids stuff. It's all there. And the side-by-sides, whatever you need to do. If you're just recreating, if you got work to get done, if you got hunting camps to scout, you go do it. With the Polaris side-by-side, side, the Razor, the Ranger, the General, they're for you all the time. Recreate the way you always envision. Again, two great locations, 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy, and online at KurtzPolaris.com, KurtzPolaris.com.